Those that are free shout freedom. What, that, what is that sound that I hear? It is those that have been set free that have no fear. What is that sound that I hear? It is those who are in communion with me and have drawn near. It is the sound of the free. Yea, yea, free. Free in him. Free indeed. Free in my spirit. Free in my soul. Free in my body. Free in my finances. Free in my relationships. For whom the Son has set free. Oh, he is free indeed. Ha ha. So rabatata. Lift up your voice. Hallelujah. Oh, free, free, free. I'm free indeed. Ha ha. So lift up your voice and become a trumpet, says the Lord, of freedom. Ha <laughs> ha. Even as the trumpet sounded on the day of Jubilee, your voice is that trumpet. You are the free. You are the redeemed. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord dance in their freedom. Let the redeemed of the Lord rejoice in their freedom. Oh, for you have been set free. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So there's nothing binding me. Nothing binding us. Amen. You know that when your body is for the Lord, the Lord is for your body. And so, and so present your body regularly as a living sacrifice unto me. Let me know, hallelujah, that all you have and all you are is a living sacrifice unto me. Hallelujah. Complete dedication brings complete freedom. Freedom. When you commit your all to me, oh, glory to God, there are no limits for you any longer. Amen. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Go ahead and be seated for a few minutes tonight. We want to welcome everybody tonight to midweek service. And uh, we do have a few things that we want to remind you of. You know, one of the core values of our church and ministry here is, is to have a constant flow of teaching and resources, if you will, on the lines, along the lines of marriage. And so coming up real soon here, um, we're going to be having um, a great uh, teaching, Marriage 101, uh, Try Some Love and Respect. It almost like sounds like Otis Redding, Try a Little Tenderness. You got to, got to, got to. So anyway, um, it's a five-week DVD teaching by Dr. Emerson Egrich. And uh, it's going to start on January 31st on Tuesday nights through February 28th in classroom run from 7 to 8.30 p.m. And so 
avail yourself to that as a married couple. And we're hitting the ground running, amen. Tomorrow uh, at noon, uh, Healing Clinic resumes, amen. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Is that right? And so you have the privilege, the opportunity to feed on His faithfulness and to feed on His Word on a regular basis. And also tomorrow at 11, Martha, you'll be leading prayer. Is that right? You'll be leading prayer. And remember, you're going to be in the youth room tomorrow because I'm going to be doing some recording in classroom 9 at 10 o'clock in the morning. And so, praise the Lord. Everyone say, thank you, Jesus. God is good to us, is He not? Now, um, we're going to give you a good report on Sunday morning on everything that came in in the month of December. Amen? And then uh, we're uh, working on different areas and different ministries that we're going to be sowing to as a portion of that seed. Amen? And one of the ones is going to be Keith Hershey and one of his projects. And then Hope for the Heart and then Rhema. It's going to be great. You're going to be so pleased at uh, the offerings that came in and the seeds that shall be sown. Amen? Well, the ushers are going to come now and wait on you. We're going to go ahead and bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord tonight. If you would... Please raise your hands and they will get with you. Praise the Lord. For the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. Amen. I like Brother Hagin. You know, he said that all the time. He'd stand up and he'd say, For the Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever. Amen. So while we're passing out the envelopes for the offering, let's say that a few times. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. And his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Well, now, what about the rest of you? Let's all participate on the count of three. One, two, three. For the Lord is good, and his mercy endureth for how long? Forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, if you would, this evening, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, the sixth chapter. And... uh, We talked a little bit on Sunday morning on first things first, and I reckon that it kind of ties in with that and fits in with that. And uh, there are some things that are first and should be first in our lives. Amen? We talked about 1 Timothy 2. First of all, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks to be made for all men, kings and all in authority. Amen? So on. And then uh, we talked about our first love, how that we never want to allow the love that we have for Him to ever wane, and the love that we have for one another to ever wane. But we are to be ever increasing, not only in faith, but we are to be ever increasing in our love for Him and in our love for one another. Amen. And then uh, we talked a little, a little while on Matthew chapter 6. I want to take off from there tonight. Matthew, the 6th chapter in the thirty. First verse says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Now you've got to think about what you're going to eat. It's not saying that. He's talking about take no anxious thought. You know, if you get together with your friends and say, Well, where do you want to eat? Well, I don't know. And then somebody else says, Well, where, where should we eat? Well, I don't know. We well, ain't going to go very far. You've got to make some decisions on where you're going to eat and what you're going to eat, right? But in regards to being worried about life, in regards to being worried about how we're going to pay our rent or what are we going to be eating, you know, next month, what are we going to be wearing? Jesus says, 
Don't take any thought. And, and by the way, one of the ways that we take thought about those things is we start talking about them. You see, worry must be expressed through thoughts and words. Just like faith is expressed by believing in one's heart and declaring with one's mouth, worry and fear is also released by taking thought and expressing it with words. So Jesus is very clear about this. Take no thought saying... What does the future hold for me? I'll tell you right now, if you put your faith in Him and trust in Him, your future is going to be extremely bright. Amen? Now, notice with me. He says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Now, the number one reason why we shouldn't take thought of those things is because He is our provider. He is our provider. In Philippians chapter 4 and in verse 19, it says of our provider, But my God is a your God tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank God is Kenneth Copeland's God. Thank God is Kenneth E. Hagin's God. But he's your God. Amen. Amen. And what will your God do? Your God will supply 85% of your need. Most of many way. No, your God, my God, our God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, what does that mean? That means no need goes unmet. No unsupplied need. And that's not only in the area of finances, but that's in every area of your life. Your God loves you so much. He's got you covered. He's got you covered in every area of your life. Amen? Amen? So, the emphasis that we need to put on this is that He is our entire source. And our source, who is our provider, who is our God, has many, many channels that He can flow through. But when it comes to source, our source is reserved for God alone. Have you discovered yet that he is a master in providing through unexpected channels? Hallelujah. He is a master. A master at providing through unexpected channels. And he's got all sorts of influence on all sorts of channels. Come on now. So you don't need to figure it out. Your noodle ain't big enough. My noodle is not big enough. Glory to God. And so, when He is your source, and you've got your eyes on Him as your source, then government is not your source. Your wife is not your source. Your husband is not your source. Your church is not your source. Who is our source? Somebody help me tonight. Who's our source? Whose God is He? He's my God. Hallelujah. And this revelation of Him being your source is progressive. It's progressive. 
And we can grow in this. We can all develop with a mindset of Him being our provider. He's our source. Hallelujah. And I'm expecting some big channels to flow through here. Glory to God. The doctor's not my source. The channels are not our business. Our business is to keep our eyes on Him. Now notice verse 32. For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. So what do we do, Pastor Mark? Here's what we do. We put first things first by acting on verse 33. Now read that with me. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these All these what? You suppose God's interested in you having some things? He's not interested in things having you, but he is the God who's more than enough, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. He is not El Chipo. He is El Shaddai. The God who is more than enough. I mean, think about it for a minute. What busy executive in the, in the San Francisco Bay Area would go around town? What kind of an executive would go around town to look for a special toy for his son or daughter? i tell you what kind of person that is. That's a good, good father. And if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more? How much more? Shall your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask you? Amen. So that's the introduction tonight. But I really want to talk to you about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. You know, most people don't think about the kingdom very much. But I submit to you tonight that there's more to our lives than food and drink. There's more than to our lives than shelter. This kingdom that you and I have been brought into is a kingdom of righteousness. It's a kingdom of peace. And it's a kingdom of joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, some Bible students were bragging about all the stuff that they had and bragging about all the material things that he had. And one other Bible student spoke up and he says, well, he said, you may have all that, but I just want you to know it's all going to be a pot. Your pile of ashes is going to be bigger than mine. So, you know, if we'll just follow the word, we'll understand this, that Jesus told us what to focus on. And I believe that as a church, I know this for myself and I know this for my beautiful wife, we are becoming more kingdom minded. We're becoming more kingdom oriented. And I believe that as a church, we are becoming more efficient in getting things done in the kingdom of God. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The kingdom is where the king rules over. Jesus is the king. 
And Jesus, when he came, he came in power and in presence. And when he walked about doing good and ministering to people, his rule, his reign, his dominion, the kingdom of God came at hand and it brought deliverance, it brought healing, and it brought freedom. Oh, hallelujah. So let's track this out a little bit. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, the sixth chapter. And notice with me in verses, I think it's verses 9 through 12. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Verse 9. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Verse 10. Let's declare this together. Verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Has the kingdom come? Has the king come? Don't put the kingdom off to something that's future. The kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God is among us. And so when we come together and we pray and we believe God and we praise him and we give the king place, what we're doing in a sense is we're saying, King Jesus Oh, you've come. And now let your reign rule over this sickness and disease. Let your dominion rule over that oppression. Let your kingdom come and let your divine will be done right here, right now in my life and in the lives of those around me. Glory to God. Say with me, thy kingdom come. Thy will. Your will be done. In other words, Lord, let your rule enter in to that situation. Let your reign come on. Let your power come and invade any darkness around us. Amen? Thank you, Lord. That's what we've been praying about our nation. How many of you know the devil's mad? Darkness has been, is being, and shall be dispelled. And it's not because of a man. It's because of the man, Christ Jesus. And it's because people like you and people like me and congregations around the world who are not playing patty cake church and not having country club-itis, but are fervently praying and have been praying for decades that the kingdom come and his will be done in this nation. I prophesy to you tonight, his will will be done in this nation. There will be a greater awakening. 
there will be more miracles than we've ever seen before. There will be more manifestations of the kingdom than we have ever imagined before. Because with our God, all things are possible. Glory to God. And I can't tell you how excited I am about it. I'm excited about the future. I don't see anything but glory. Amen. Now look at Luke chapter 1 and verse 30. Luke, the first chapter in the 30th verse. Of course, we just came through Christmas. You have a good Christmas? That's not everybody, but... Luke one thirty, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found what? And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name who? And he shall be great. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And what will he do? He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And man, I, I can hardly stand still on this one. And of his kingdom there shall be Of his kingdom, of his dominion, of his rulership, there shall be no end. We got news of a general today that went on to be with the Lord Stanmore, Miami, Florida. Ninety-some years old, very close to Dad Hagen. Brenda came in and told me, Stanmore went to be with the Lord. And I thought, glory to God, he graduated. He graduated. He's with Jesus. And you know what? It is just the beginning of an everlasting kingdom for him and for you and me. Of this kingdom, there's not going to be any end. No end to this kingdom. No end to this kingdom. Don't you think for one moment when we go on to be with the Lord, we're going to be floating around like Cupid. No, the king's got duties for us. The king's got responsibilities for us. The kingdoms of our God shall become the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdom of our God. It's an everlasting kingdom. Not only that, but it is an unshakable kingdom. Those that are in the kingdom and not living for themselves and are sold out to the king are literally unshakable, unstoppable, and unshakable. When everything around us that can be shaken is shaken, I want to remind you that we have received an unshakable kingdom. Unshakable. Well, look at Hebrews. You got to look at that in the Word. Look at Hebrews. How many of you know there's been a lot of kingdoms that don't exist anymore? The Roman Empire is history. The Babylonian kingdom's coming down. But this kingdom's forever. And I, you know what? I've sold my life out to the king. And I've sold my life out to the advancement of his kingdom here. Because I know that I only have one shot 
at this life on this side. And oh, it goes so fast. It seemed like I blinked and now I'm 66 years old. I'll blink again and I'll be 90 years old. But your life is just a vapor. And really all that counts and all that matters is what we do for the king. Praise God. In Hebrews chapter 12, 26, it says, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm remaining. I'm staying. Glory to God. Read verse 28 with me. It says, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. You know what we're at? What we're really in right now, we're in faith school. And you know what we're doing? We're overcoming at all turns. But oh, we're going to rule and we're going to reign forever with Him. Kingdom-minded people are not whiners. Kingdom-minded people are not wimpy. Kingdom-minded people are winners. Amen? Well, now, Pastor Mark, now let's be realistic. Now, I know you're setting me up for something. Anytime you hear that, well, you just never know. You never know what God will do. You know what God will do if you look in the Word. If you communicate with the Holy Spirit, you always know what God will do. And He'll always cause you to triumph. Well, now, Brother Mark, I just don't believe that. Well, you're entitled to what you believe, but what you're believing is wrong. You know, after all, you know, brace yourself when you hear that. We win a few and we lose a few. That's just the way the old ball bounces. Well, we ain't bouncing the old ball. We're living by faith. And we are overcoming. Say it with me. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now go over to Luke chapter 4. We're just getting on the outskirts of this message. There's so much here. But how many of you will believe God with me? Amen. I want to exhort you to be with us these next few weeks. We're going to enter into some things that God's going to show us. Some things about His kingdom. And how to live in the kingdom. Amen. And what the kingdom of God really, really is all about. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Jesus being what? Full of the Holy Ghost. Is it the will of God for us to be full of of the Holy Ghost. Can you be partially full? Is fuller better? Yes. 
And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan. Now notice this. And was led by the Spirit. Where? He was led by what he was full of into the wilderness. And notice what happened in the wilderness in verse 2. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. I mean, he wasn't even on Jenny Craig. Which is tantamount to eating nothing. And in those days, he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward was ready to go to Val's. You know he was hungry. You know, I've been hungry, but I've also been hungry. That's what Jesus was. He was hungry. Verse 3. And the devil said unto him, If, notice with me, the enemy's always trying to sow doubt. If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written... That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Verse 5. And the devil took him up into a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. The kingdoms of the world which are shakable. The kingdoms of the world which was delivered to Satan through Adam's transgression. In the beginning, God made man in his image and in his likeness and gave him dominion, domain, rule and reign. Amen? Adam committed high treason and took that crown of glory that was on his head and he handed that authority to the enemy. But oh, Jesus came and busted that turkey's neck and broke his power. Come on, somebody. And he said, I was dead, but I'm alive forevermore and I have the keys of hell and death. And he took that crown of glory and he placed it on mankind. But what I want you to see is this, is yes, the enemy showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Somebody said, well, that was, that was impossible. The devil was lying. If he, was, if, he, if he didn't have the kingdoms of the world to deliver to Jesus, it wouldn't have been a temptation. Are you listening to me? So he showed them all those kingdoms. I want to quote a man of God that I have just utmost respect for. He is on a completely different level spiritually, but he's also very, very uh, sharp uh, intellectually, and he's a man of God that has been in ministry, I think, for about 60 years. 
So I want to read a couple things by Jack Hayford to you tonight. Jack said this. This was back in April 1st of 1991 in his church on the way in, uh, on Sherman Oaks down there in Van Nuys. Here's what Jack said. Interestingly, Jesus does not challenge the legitimacy of Satan's offer of the kingdoms of this world. This is a very significant thing, Jack says. Jesus does not challenge the legitimacy of Satan's offer of the kingdoms of this world, but he refuses to receive that offer on those terms. Jesus didn't receive it on those terms. He goes on to say, let's run way ahead of ourselves and say, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. But it will not be on the terms of Satan. It will only be on the terms of the king, not on the terms of the prince of darkness. And this statement that he made sets my heart to dancing. You can do this. Tell somebody next to you, he said, a king always overrules a prince. (laughs) Go ahead and tell him right now. A king always overrules a prince. (laughs) Now drop down to verse 42 and verse 43. And notice this with me. Everyone say, we're going to and are preaching the kingdom. Preaching. The, see, the kingdom of God was never intended to be in word only. The kingdom of God was never intended to be in teaching only. The kingdom of God is not in word only, but it's also in power. The kingdom is in manifestation where the word of God is going forth under the anointing, being taught or preached, and then demonstrated by the confirmation of that which has been spoken. These signs shall follow them that believe. They went forth and they did preach. But what the Lord did is he confirmed the word with what? He confirmed the word with signs, wonders, and demonstrations. Demonstrations are the rule and the reign of the kingdom coming into dark situations. And we're going to see more of that here. It's going to be on an ever-increasing basis. Amen? Now notice with me in, in verse 42, verse 43 of that same chapter, Luke 4. And when it was day... He departed and went into a desert place, and the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him, that he should not depart from them. Verse 43. And he said unto them, I must preach what? I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent forth. Now, one of the things that is to be preached about the kingdom is repentance. Amen. Not a very popular word these days, but a biblical word. Amen. We won't get into that. Now, notice in Luke chapter 8 and beginning in verse 1. I must go forth and preach the kingdom of God. Not three points in a poem. Not a feel-good religion. Luke 8, 1. 
And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing. Everyone say preaching and showing. Preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Glory to God. Notice that phrase, the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. That's just another way of saying the good news of the kingdom. It's good news to a sinner that God's not mad at him. It's good news to a person that feels the weight of the world and the condemnation of their past upon their shoulders. It's good news to them to know that God loves them. And that he's not mad at them. And that he's not counting up their trespasses against them. And he's not holding their past against them. He went into Calvary and did something about everybody's past. That's the good news. That's the good news of the kingdom of God. Amen. Now look at Luke chapter 9. And notice with me in verse 1 and 2. Luke 9, 1 and 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over just the weak devils. Over all devils. And to do what? Now notice, Jesus preached the kingdom of God, but now he is transferring that and delegating that responsibility to his disciples. In verse 2, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to do what? Notice that phrase. To preach the kingdom of God and to what? So when the kingdom of God is preached, should the sick be getting healed? You'll see this over and over again in the word. I'm just telling you tonight that healing and deliverance are all part of the good news. His will prevails in his kingdom. And here's what kingdom people see. Kingdom people see on a regular basis people being set free. I said kingdom people see people being set free. Say it with me, the kingdom of God is being proclaimed and demonstrated through me. Now notice verse 11. And the people, when they knew it, followed him and received them and spake unto them of what? Spake unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. Listen to this statement. Sick people ought to get interested in the kingdom. Addicted people ought to be interested in the kingdom. People that are bound by manifold addictions ought to get around kingdom people. And ought to hear the kingdom of God proclaimed. Because when the kingdom of God is proclaimed, the kingdom of God is at hand. And what that means is when it says the kingdom of God is at hand, it means it is at your reach. 
It is able to be possessed. It is able to be received. That's good news. That is such good news. Hallelujah. Go back to verse 6. Notice verse 6. And we'll be closing here in a few moments, so don't get nervous in the service. Verse 6. And they departed and went through Hayward, went through Oakland. They went through the Philippines, Raul. Hallelujah. They went through Vietnam. They went through San Francisco. You suppose a person that's dying of AIDS needs the kingdom preached to them? They went everywhere. And they departed, and they just went through the towns preaching the gospel or the kingdom of God. And notice with me, and healing everywhere. (laughs) Brother George, healing everywhere. Healing everywhere. Healing everywhere. Healing everywhere in the church. Healing on the streets. Hallelujah. Healings taking place just like popcorn popping. Pop. Get a person over there, heal, pop. Spirit of God begins to move. The kingdom of God's being preached. Pop, pop. Healing everywhere. Pop, 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 pop. Healing everywhere. Pop, 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 pop. Until you've just got a great big huge bowl of miracles and people receiving from the kingdom of God. Oh, Rasata Bahaya. That is part of our destiny. That is part of your call. That is part of who we are. That is our DNA. We belong to the king. And the king says, preach. The king says, lay hands on the sick. The king says, leave all the productive and dead things to themselves and bury them. Say goodbye to the spirit of this age and the spirit of this world. Dead things, unproductive things, let them go. For there's things to do. Now look at, in closing, verses 57 through 59. Say it with me. Healing everywhere. Healing everywhere. Healing everywhere. Hallelujah. Healing everywhere. Verse 57 through 59. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. He's being very romantic. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I'm in, Lord. And Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first. Suffer me what? First things are to be first. First 
things first. Seek first the kingdom of God. But Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Now, I'm not going to get into that. And I'm not going to get into that you shouldn't bury your father, you shouldn't bury your mother. I think what Jesus is pointing out to us is a principle of first. A principle of first things first. What is in your heart? And he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead But go thou and preach, come on, the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me go first and tell mama goodbye. Let me go first and hug mama and hug family. First, first. Let me say goodbye to everyone that's in my house. Here's what Jesus said. He said, no man, having put forth his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. I'm not telling you, don't bury your mama. I'm not telling you, don't bury your father. I'm not telling you to cut your family off. And Jesus is not either. But what Jesus is telling us, those things that are dead issues in our life should be cut off. Those things that have not produced anything that are of the flesh, let all those things go and seek ye first my kingdom. See, there's too many Christians that have this principle in their thinking, well, as soon as I do this, then I'll be able to do that. As soon as. As soon as. How many of you know that the devil will see to it that there always is another as soon as? There will always be something else to do before we really get to it. And I've written in my notes, with some, and I don't believe that's with you, but with some, there will always be something first rather than following him first. Either God is first Or something else is first. But I believe we've got a congregation here tonight that are seekers first of his kingdom. Seekers first of his way of being and doing right. Amen. I rest my case. Let's stand to our feet if you would. (laughs) Can you say glory? Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Blessed be the Lord. Place your hands over your heart. Let's pray this together tonight. Declare this, Heavenly Father. I thank you that you brought me into the kingdom for such a time as this. Lord, I'm asking you to help me to see the kingdom of God and my part in it the way you see it. Teach me, Lord, more about your things and how 
I can make a difference in your kingdom. I am yours, Lord. I choose to follow you. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that you've made me fit. And are making me fit for the advancement of your kingdom. We pray your kingdom come here in the Bay Area. We pray your will be done right here in Hayward. We ask you, sir, for great reign, great manifestation of your power and your spirit. The kingdom of God is what we are about. Now let's just shout, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Amen.